One. If you're a frequent listener of this show, you hear about rotation in the markets. When they're selling something, they're buying something else. Money's always moving around. Not today. Right now, it's a sell everything market, including Bitcoin. Dear earnings, what do you have to do? Down eight bucks on a great report. Walmart destroyed yesterday. We got a lot to figure out. Ryan Craver is going to join us at 835 to talk these retail earnings. It's Friday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Okay, good morning, traders and investors. We starting out with a hole that in a hole to dig out of down 21 handles at 43.63.50. Uh buck down just a few pennies, but still above 103. Uh bonds, a little flight to quality, fight to safety here. They're up over a point at 119 and 22, 30 seconds. Uh crude set for its first weekly decline in about seven weeks. That's down 64 cents at 79.28. Gold getting a boost up 830 at 1923.40. Silver up just uh, 12 cents, 22.83. And Bitcoin, holy moly, you lost that 28.5. You are now down, this according to the futures, $1,385 at 26.455. Uh, let's bring in Triple D here. And uh, Triple D, it's a Friday, it's options expiration. Jim, give me some positives. Well, the good news is options expirations are often turning points for the stocks. We've seen that happen before. It actually pretty much happened in July, very close. Was that the options expiration? It was not quite, I guess. I'm just looking in July. We topped out on the SPY. Let's go and look at the top of the SPY. Oh, no. It yeah, the, it's the... Um... July 27 is the week after. But so you often do see turning points here, but I'm done trying to call the turn in this market here. It's way too difficult to try to call the turn in this market because we've seen, you know, time and time again here that the stocks just continue to get beat up here, at least in the last few weeks. So, I mean, you've got to wait really until you start seeing stabilization here. I've tried to call the bottom a couple of times on a couple of stocks here and they're losers. So you've got to wait until you start seeing some stabilization before just coming in because the momentum is crushed. The momentum on almost all the stocks has now turned to the downside. You know, we come in, Tesla's down every single day. We're probably going to start with that stock because we got Jonas commenting on it here overnight, um, who's obviously a well-followed analyst on Tesla. But I mean, it's down every day. It's like death by a thousand cuts on Tesla. Every day you come in, it's like clockwork. It's down four, four or five bucks, it seems like, every day. So is it going to, you know, eventually have a date with 200? We talked about this a few days ago, and I thought, yeah, I thought eventually could see the 200. Does it bounce there? Maybe. I think a lot of this stuff does bounce. I think it's going to be a bounce out of the blue. But just trying to call for the bounce, by randomly buying the dip, is definitely not working in August. Yeah. Mitch, what did Mr. Jonas have to say? All right. Well, uh, I think Dennis I, has a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I have Jonas the actual cause... report in front of me. So okay, Dennis yeah, does? he has the actual okay. report. So I ahead, have the Dennis. Morgan Stanley report. So it's more commenting. It's on Tesla, but it's commenting on the EV in general, the EV market in general. So China EV price cuts, supply demand still out of balance. Um, he's got a price target at 250. We were trying to confirm where his price target was before. The chat might know. You think it was 320. I haven't got confirmation that this is actually a price reduction. It's not a rating. Like it's not a downgrade. It's just a comment, and it's a possible price target reduction, but I don't know where he was before. So his new price target, if it is, it was price target, current price target is 250 which is still up from where it currently is. But we know Jonas is like one of those that's had a huge bullish scenario on it where he was saying like $900 a share. And then he also had a bearish scenario where it was like going to 100 bucks. I mean, he always hedges himself. So you got to take everything he does with a grain of salt. But 
With that being said, he's well-followed. He's one of the major analysts that on Tesla. So when he comments and it's a negative note on Tesla, the stock is going to listen. And the stock is down $5 here this morning, somewhat because the market is down, but more so because we got Jonas with a negative note here. Not so crazy his negative. recent, I got his recent one here. It was in July yeah. of 25th of 23. He, meant, he did a maintain and he had a 250 price target on it. Okay, so he's still saying the same. So it's still 250 here. So mm -hmm. the price target remains the same, but it's a negative note. So people are looking like, oh, he's not getting bullish here. You know, stocks come off. We're talking about a stock that has come off you know, 25, close to 30% from the highs. And he's still staying somewhat Is it negative. margin talk? Is, yeah, does Tesla he China, he's talking about price cuts. Tesla China effectively cut price on Model Y by 4%, raising questions around excess EV supply relatives to slowing demand despite government stimulus. So he's more concerned about China here. And it's it's comments on, on China in general with the EV market. So it's not just Tesla, which probably brings us into XPEV here as well this morning because XPeng reported earnings here overnight and they're not good here. So yeah. I mean, so what Jonas is talking about is concerns with China for Tesla, but then you have XPEV this morning reporting earnings, obviously over in China. And if you give us that report here, Mitch, we might as well do them together. That's not good news either. Let's go to XPIN Q2 adjusted EPS at a loss of 43 cents misses the loss of 31 cent estimate sales of 698.18 million beat the 694.28 million estimate uh, total deliveries of vehicles were at 23,205 for Q2. That was up 27.3% quarter over quarter. Um, they're, they're definitely continuing their trend, just not just taking off. And I think that some people expected these to really kind of take off, but there's been a battle and the demand in China hasn't been as strong as it's expected to be. And China's still going through a lot of economic issues. Um, there was some more news this morning about a property giant filing bankruptcy. So there's a lot of problems in China right now. And I think they really need what they need some actual stimulus to come. We've talked about this. Will it come? We don't know. We're going to have to wait to actually get the news, but we'll find out what happens in next ping. I mean, and here you got a stock, and let's just, you might, you might as well throw out all these stocks here. What about that one? What VFS? What a joke, man. This market, oh, right you've got to be so careful with just randomly buying anything. The IPOs, man. Wall Street, and I believe this was a SPAC, so not an IPO, but Wall Street throwing crap at us is what basically yeah, was. That's, a, that's And what when really this is. comes out with a market cap greater than General Motors and Ford, it's like, do not touch this. And props to Herb Greenberg. Herb, I know you follow us show every once in a while there. I will give you a shout out here because you were all over this on CNBC and you said, don't touch this with a 10-foot pole or even a 10,000-foot pole, I believe you said. So, Herb, thank you for that because you're absolutely correct. The stock fell 30 six percent yesterday on its third day of trading here joel you cannot go and just randomly buy anything we're not in that market anymore yeah. market caps matter story matters a little bit but not that much story maybe was pretty cool but stories over in three days had the huge pop up to the 69 billion dollar market cap which is just absolutely stupid and herb greenberg right this stock got crushed yesterday all right, man. You guys just covered uh, three pretty good stocks yeah. here. And they're first all, of, yeah. So do, yeah. break down the technicals on all. Okay. First first with Tesla. <laughs> now, for you guys and gals who have been following the, the show for a while, you know I could be a little bit sarcastic at times. Well, I'm kind of being sarcastic here. But based on what Morgan Stanley has given to this market over the last couple of weeks, I couldn't be more bullish Tesla at this point. <laughs> You're fading Jonas on this one. Um, He's getting Wilson, bearish now. Joel's getting bullish. The Mike Wilson top, okay? Yeah. The NVIDIA run-up, which, I mean, had to be one of the greatest selling opportunities of the century, right? You're now yeah. 25 bucks off Was that. It, did they upgrade at the top? Yeah, well, they what they did to the market was almost unfair. Oh, they gave it some kind of price target, and then the two bozos hopped on the <laughs> next day, and they raised their price targets too because Morgan Stanley did. So I'm I'm being sarcastic. None of these analysts are coming on the show anytime. Soon. Yeah, well, we never had it. We never had. <laughs> if them. they're listening, 
Uh, okay, I mean, so they suck anyways, right? <laughs> Tesla, Tesla got into a There's really, a we months. talk like about Michael zones. Packer. We talk about when a stock goes up easily through an area, how it's going to go down. If it comes back down to that area, it's going to go down even faster. That's right. This has been a little bit of a drip, but now for this, Tesla, your pre-market low is what? 213 and a half. I'd keep an eye on that. I think if you want to be patient, maybe get this a shot in the lower 200s. There's always going to be rips. This XPEV, the only uh, the only level I have for you is a bunch of lows around 1380.14. And I'm going to pull a Fari Hamzy, and I'm going to say I don't have enough data VFS. on VFS to really make any kind of. Uh, I think VFS will have a few pops in here. I think it is going. I'm just giving my analysis, which has nothing to do with technicals and all with fundamentals. It's not worth GM and Ford market cap, man. So this no is way. not Tesla. This is not that story. This thing, I think when we look at it a year from now, is going to be single digits or maybe lower. So Yeah, I, I brought it up when we first saw that car. I had You did. I didn't even you know did. what Good the hell it was. I didn't even know what the, just by not knowing the vehicle itself should have been a, a telling sign already, right? We've all heard of Lucid's before Lucid actually came out, right? And things like that. You want to at least be able to know the vehicle, not just a new entrance in EV. Let's just be honest. They'd have to compete with so many other names here. There's so much competition. Yeah, like let's just... There's like just why are we giving this one the $69 billion market cap? I mean, that's more than Rivian and stuff. Rivian yeah. like are really cool trucks and they're on the road. It's always the market cap I've challenged with Rivian. But, you know, this VFS was just basically a joke. Use the like, eye and test, right? a bad right? joke for the anybody who bought it. The eye bad test. Joke. It's not out there. It's not out. If, if I would have seen it driving down the street here in North Carolina, I would have been maybe like, guys, I've seen it. I've seen it. I haven't seen it. All right, guys, let's move on. Um, I did want to state there that, Joel, you were dead on on that NVIDIA call out because, I mean, look at those analyst ratings coming in. They were all one after another. Who was the, the first? Let's look. Leave this up. This is so interesting here. So UBS, I all, told you guys, UBS is the one the that I'm going ratings. against. I'm yeah. going against UBS. I'm telling you guys, these guys have been the first ones calling it out here. UBS raised to 540. Then Wells Fargo got said the 800. I'll do 500. Rose and Black, <laughs> Rose that and might, Black that said, might be you know Black. what? We'll that take might be 800, a baby. We'll take 800. Let's go. <laughs> 800 for 800 for... <laughs> wow. But you know what, though? Hey, maybe they blow it away on earnings, so we don't know yet. Maybe some of these yeah. analysts are going to be proven correct. If they come out and blow it away, I mean, the stock is resilient. I'll tell you one thing. It's the strongest one. It doesn't even sell off much on, in these sell-offs. You've got oh, Tesla man. down like 30% from the highs. You've got you know Microsoft approaching down what? Microsoft. 316 out 360. That's the one that I need to see. Talking like back, 20% man. off the highs. You got some serious corrections and some of these stocks going into bear market territory. And there is NVIDIA just hanging out, holding up. So, you know, give the analysts a little bit of props because at least they're in the strongest oh, yeah. one. A lot of them are right. But, but, and then this is a great segue into deer. I mean, what do you got to do? I have yeah. the information. They have the it. information. NVIDIA is going to beat. What if you had that information that Walmart was going to beat yesterday? What deer was going to beat. Yeah. Imagine you were an insider. And you knew, you know, and we're just saying, you know, just imagine hypothetically, you were an insider and you knew you got inside information and you knew Deer was going to blow it away. And give us those numbers here, Money Match. Give us, and then we'll take it into that context. But give us those numbers for Deer. Let's do it. Q3 EPS coming in here at $10.20, beat the $8.20 estimate, $2 over the estimate there. Sales 15, uh, $15.8 billion beat the $14.25 billion estimate. They boost their full year 23 net income outlook and still get the drop. But I'll tell you one thing, guys. I've been I've been talking about Deer's 420. Well, if, uh, yesterday I looked at it and I was like, man, earnings coming tonight? Well, I can't take it right now. But if earnings could just give me a little bit more discount, I, I kind of like this one. I so I like it. So I got to tell you one thing, though. Like, again, taking it back, just imagine you're an insider and you had the inside information. They were going to blow earnings away. Yeah, and you're you like, didn't expect oh, yeah, this. I'm going to buy this stock and just rake it all in, raking it in, <laughs> raking it in. Remember how you Kat reacted on their crushed earnings. Yeah. $10.20 versus $8.20. They blew earnings away, ALB style, like boom, boom, killing it, firing on all cylinders. 
Mark, that didn't even run up into the report, Joel. Didn't even really run up into the report. They don't care. They hate stocks right now. The market absolutely hates stocks right now. For this to go down on this report is a slap in the face to all fundamental traders. It's crazy that it's trading down on this report. This report was a blow away. I don't know if it comes back because it's a crappy market, but what I will tell you is that if Deer reported this quarter one month ago, this stock would be up 20 bucks on it. And instead it's down 10 because the worm has, the, the whole the whole market has turned and bears are in complete control. It's hard to be bullish when you see stuff like this. Now again, we are oversold. You know, am I selling stocks down here? I don't think so. I don't think we're going into this full on like market, like bear market again. But you know, I may be wrong. Like I'm I'm not turning around and buying everything either. I'm still sitting. With fifty percent cash along, yeah, you don't portfolio. have any stocks to sell. You don't have any stocks. Well, to yeah, sell. well, I don't have that much to sell. <laughs> you know, I did, and 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 again on that, I and and the and the stocks that when I went up to the sixty percent cash, I wish I would. I bought a couple other stocks, and I shouldn't have bought them. I mean, half it was Enbridge, which isn't going to be down much because it's pretty conservative. But yeah, um, you know, you we know on that key reversal day, take it back. And we did the show that day. We're taking it back to July twenty seventh. The next day when we had the pop-up, I was like, I even tweeted out, this was the time to sell stocks. I sold my General Motors that day. I sold half my Airbnb. I sold half my AMD. I sold, what the hell else did I have? There was like four stocks I sold. There was another one I sold in there too, like a Oxy? high flyer. No, you sold Oxy later. Oxy was later. And Oxy was just because everything else was selling off. So I'm like, I'm done with that one too. <laughs> um, but then, you know, but, but not saying I'm awesome because I did try to take a shot on Unity, and that sucks, and American Airlines, and that sucks. So, I mean, I've tried to take a couple shots here, and they're not working. So, you take less shots when it's not working. All right. Now, one thing I do want to point to, of course, is that we can talk a little bit about it. Is the correction starting to get to the point where it, it is what we were looking for, right? A correction, right? 10% for the Qs is down towards 350. And I'm starting to get to the point where at least my RSI even indicator is starting to tell me that, hey, we're getting to that point where we're getting extreme on the oversold. So I'm looking at that 350 on the queues as potentially where we could finally find some sideways action. Is that going to be today? I don't think so. I don't think we're going down another five points right here. Um, but we are getting extended away from moving averages. And usually that has a tendency of giving us some whipsaw back. We'll see what happens. All right, just going back to the price action in Deer, we're down 8.15. I mean, you had a nice just march up between 400 and 420. Right now, your pre-market low comes in at 411. And I really don't see anything there. Just like eyeballing this upper right chart here. If you're patient on this one, I don't know about today or the next couple of days, date with 400. Right. That was uh, that was the area of the low right before it took off and made uh, that move close up to all time high. His cat started to retreat. Yeah. Cat is yep. starting to retreat. Good numbers, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that was that pop. Yep. Getting, but th the pop was sold. I yes. mean, it matched the high the next day and it's just kind of been leaking afterwards. And now you're at your gap low. Uh, look out here for a 270.50. That was your low on uh, uh, the gap up day. After that, you got a little drop to 265.21. So, uh, been selling. SP is continuing to leak here. We it's are now. It's just a mess. Yeah. I mean, look at the earnings that the companies that have reported, and Deer blows it away and is down. And then you got Estee Lauder, Estee Slaughter, you like to call it, Mitch. It's down 11 bucks. I mean, just summon them up. P and W down X Peng. We already covered. It's a disaster there. I'm just going through the companies that reported. Applied Materials is miraculously holding green, but it's almost given it back. Yeah. Sell the rip oh, yeah. again, working better than buy the dip did in the first half. I'm not joking. So blindly selling the rip is just making money right now. It's almost too easy, and that's why I feel like there's going to be a, a like an Nvidia move or some pop back just to shake out the shorts because it's almost too easy for the shorts right now. It's almost too easy. So, I mean, that's why I feel like you're a little bit oversold and extended. This is a trading hat on. Long-term mm -hmm. investing hat on. I'm still a lot of cash because stuff's just not that cheap. But there is some stuff that's starting to get cheap. So I still think I have your shopping list. 
All right, you want to go to Applied Materials? I see it on the screen. Let's go to it. Let's take a look at AMAT EPS here was $1.90, beat the $1.74 estimate. Sales of $6.42 billion beat the $6.16 billion estimate. Applied Materials sees Q4 EPS at $1.82 to $2.18 on the high end versus $1.61 estimate. Oh. Thinking like, man, like this, this is a really good report. report man. Yeah, <laughs> it don't matter, man. It don't matter. It don't matter it's right now. Well, and um, it's they're trying this is, to take spread. This, this is why report. we always say it, right? It matters so much the current environment yes. and the day you report. Yes, we're always going to say this, guys. We say this on the show so much, and I feel like a lot of times people think that it's just it matters if they beat and beat. No, it matters on the day and the current environment. Right now, the current environment is we don't want to even see earnings right now. No, uh, like if you were, if you're taking a stock intentionally through earnings report long right now, you crazy. Like that's the way it's been. Like yeah. you got to get out before they report because you know what? They're beating and they're popping and then dropping and they're missing and they're dropping and dropping. So, I mean, in the end, you're just dropping. So, I mean, which is crazy how we have turned, you know, last quarter was the exact opposite where you had stocks missing. Remember we bought AMD and Airbnb on the misses and did really well on those. So, I mean, it's the opposite story. If you're selling short on the rips, just blindly selling it short, for the most part, you're making money. There's a few exceptions out there, but for the most part, the gains are not holding and the losses are continuing. I mean, Tesla was a Tesla was a beat and they hammered it. Netflix was a beat and they hammered it. Microsoft, I believe, was a beat and they hammered it. So, so Apple, was Apple. Apple was a beat yeah, and they hammered it. was a beat it. and they've hammered yep. it. So yep. if you're beating and they're hammering you, and they're missing. They're really hammering you. We know, like, like a keys, you know, key site today, key K E Y S is going to be your disaster stock of the day. We haven't mentioned that one yet, but it's down a cool 18 points. So thanks for coming out. Here's another fun one here. Uh, AMAT, uh, street leaning the right way into the, well, I mean, it's up right now, but there had been strong sellers in AMAT in the month of August. You got that little pop over 142, and there was a couple highs in a 141 handle. Uh, good report, still green. Always on a day like this, you want to hold green on the session. I think uh, a little bit longer term, if the market continues the way it's going, I think you get a look at this 135 area. Uh, one low just above it, and then a couple lows just below it. Uh, but uh, if you're holding on this one and you're thinking, yeah, man, they're going to, you know, good report. This is the stock's going to be up a lot today. Just make sure it doesn't go red on the day. You're trading 76 cents above that closing price. But uh, that's what I'm looking in AMAT. Not the greatest, like you said, not a greatest day to report. I believe they were after the close yeah. yesterday. So people weren't in a good mood and they're in a worse mood this morning. Again, we handed lower. Keep us in context here, though, is that we have went from overbought to oversold very, very quickly. I don't know where all the indicators are here, but you can just feel it. You can feel that, you know, the trend and people are scared and they're spooked. They're selling bubble, good stocks. Man. They're selling good stocks on good earnings. I mean, I think if you're 100% cash here right now, I think you're buying into this a bit. I think if you're 100% stocks, I think you've not listening to the show because I don't think you should have been 100% in stocks. But I, unless you're a long-term investor, if you're a long-term investor, forget about it. You're just buying stocks, get companies on dips and go away. But if you're a trader, um, I think you can start nibbling here. I, I, I mean, I've been starting to nibble a little bit back in. It's been a mistake. But find good companies. Like, don't just jump into anything here, but maybe find good companies at reasonable valuations. I've been and nibbling. I've been nibbling. What are you and, nibbling uh, on? Uh, treasuries five and a half percent. Well, yeah, I nibble on those hard. I nibble on nibble, nibble, the nibble. Of the year, though. So yeah, I've been, you know, I mean, I've been buying in GICs in Canada, and I've been buying those at the five percent. But again, you know, and I'm buying Enbridge. I mean, I'm very, very conservative here. And then I did Unity, so there's a few little speculative plays, but then I get crushed on that one. So certain stocks, you know, you just got to stay away from and maybe wait till they bottom. We talked about the DKNG. Um, or you know, potentially buying a 25 money match. It looks like a great bounce. Three level. weeks to the NFL season. It, it, it looks like it's going to hit it today. Yeah, it looks like it's going to hit today. The question is, it's throwing so hard at it. Does it just blow through it? I mean, it's almost scary to like, oh, you know, I I don't know. I'm kind of scared there because I was thinking about buying it at this 25, and now I'm like, I don't know. There's so much momentum. A little more, There's a little more. So, so much coming down. Maybe you got to wait until it bottoms and then. Try to pick it up there. I mean, look at ARKK too. 
Like, look at what that has done in one, two, three, four, five, oh my six, Lord. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen sessions. In thirteen sessions, ARKKs went from fifty to thirty-nine. That is it doesn't just help quiet, when she twenty percent sell off. Losers, but well, okay, I know, there's whole strategy doesn't work, but yeah, you know, I'm just saying it's, it's an indicator for zombie companies. This is your 100%. zombie indicator because she loves companies that don't make gets. money. Let, let's change our narrative just a little bit. Go we're, talking, we're talking down. We're, you know, yeah, give so, me reason to be bullish. Don't I talk got you. At least something. Okay. So this is going to be the next bullish narrative, and I don't know who's going to start it. Dennis, I've heard you mention it. What's the Fed thinking now? You know? Mm. Market's in a little bit of trouble here. They're not worried. Uh, it's no, 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 Mitch, don't interrupt me. Yeah. Let me finish. Go. Okay. Okay. The what what if well, the one thing we've been saying about the Fed in the market, they're they're de- they're market dependent, right? They are. And they're now they that. have a little, you know, now the market's getting weak. I'm not saying that I'm not talking about any kind of cuts. I'm talking, you know, I'm not saying they're not gonna raise up a quarter point, but if there's one factor that would get them is the market coming off, and it's coming off pretty hard. So that's this, and that's not until the middle of September. So you got a, a long yeah. time before that, but you're going to have Fed heads coming out uh, ahead of that and saying different things. And believe me, I'm not, you know, I'm not bullish by any means of imagination right here, but I'm just telling you there's different narratives that change the market. And one narrative would be, uh, you know, the Fed, you know, takes their foot off the pedal a little bit. So well, I'm just trying to look forward. You're spot on here. And the reason is that they have, and we've said this, it's hard to get full on like bearish and we're going back to the october lows when the fed has this many bullets in their chamber they haven't had this many bullets in their chamber in 20 years you know this the rates this high imagine you know that the market continues to crash down they're like they just lower quarter out of the blue and i'm saying that not saying it's going to happen but i'm saying they can do this they have the ability to do this the market rips higher so i mean if we start to go into a recession they can pull us out of it very, very quickly. And it's why it's hard to get really bearish stocks. Now, certain stocks that zombie companies that aren't making money, most of them that Kathy owns, you know, maybe those, you know, you stay away from. And the Microsofts and the Apples are extended multiples. But Microsoft comes down to like 22, 23 times. I don't know where it was. It was 32 at the peak. It's probably like 29 or 28. It gets down to like 22, 23 times. Uh-huh. I think you're buying it. So I do think that's why I can't be like full on. Like some people have argued, and I've seen this argument going on Twitter a lot the last couple of days, because when the market's going down, the bears really run around. Um, <laughs> that this whole entire market, go to the SPY, Joel, and show it, that this whole entire run of 2023 was just a bear market rally in an overall bear market. And if you look at the bottom right chart, maybe blow it up so we can see it, because we didn't make new highs. So they're arguing that this is just, you know, that sucker's rally in the whole thing. And eventually we're going back down to the lows. The reason I think that's not going to happen is I don't just do technical analysis, analyzing the whole macros, is that the Fed just has too much ammo. So I don't think the Fed is going to allow us to go back down to 360 spy. I don't think, I think that they are market dependent too. I think they'll let us come back down further. I don't think this is really a big deal here for them yet. But if we wow. really like got ugly and the bears are saying we're going back down, eventually getting down to like 320 on the spy, you know, like that's just not making any sense. I don't think that is happening. So yeah, I, I mean, do think you, you're at a certain point in time, need to put some cash to work. And if you sit with 100% cash, you can start nibbling on some good companies at reasonable valuations right now. I think you guys are right that the Fed would come in if we were in a real market crash. But are we in that? I do not think so. And I think Jerome Powell, if anything, at Jackson Hole, August 25th, he's going to be patting himself on the back, talking about how he's still fighting inflation. I always think that the Fed plays the extreme. They don't come in until the markets actually break, at least from what I've seen in history. So unless that's happening right now, then yeah, you can tell me that Jerome's going to come in and save the market. I don't think that's going to happen. I see prolonged. I'm giving possible scenarios, Mitch. I'm just giving possible. And I'm, scenarios I'm giving the possible the scenario that he won't come in and save it. He's well, not coming in at four thirty-six buy. So we need yeah, to correct. So let, let's clarify what Joel was saying, and I, I can clearly see what both points are here. Joel's not saying buy today. Joel's not no. saying. But I, what we're trying to discredit 
is the bears that say we're going to three, like we're going to drop another 30% from here. That's not happening. I don't, yeah, I don't believe think, that the markets are falling happening. 30% from here. Some of the bears are even saying more stuff than that. Like this is like the great topping event. We're back eventually going to go down to the COVID lows. I've seen that on Twitter lately, you know, like not, not, but there's people who are very, very bearish out here. And all I'm trying to say is just cool it with like full on, bearishness because the uh -huh. fed is in a really good position and we saw and money mitch you were maybe not in the markets back in 2011 2012 but when qe started it was the driver joel qe quantitative easing and driving the markets last couple of years yep. was the driver for a decade of bull market a decade they have so much ammo now they don't even have to worry about quantitative easing they can just slowly lower rates a quarter point, the market pops up. Then seriously, another quarter point, the market pops up. They have so much ammo. So we don't start, but don't, so that's why I'm saying, don't think like we're just crashing and burning and we're going to get short here. I think we're going to get some chop. I think we're going to pull back. I think we have maybe more downside here. I'm still half cash. If I was, if I was full bullish, I, I'll tell you when I'm full bullish. I'll be a hundred percent in stocks on my long-term account. Cause why, you know, I'm 47 years old. Why am I half cash? Because I'm still concerned that, this is still overvalued market. But you get the S&P down to 16 times, 17 times, which would be a significant fall from here. But then you start thinking like, yeah, I want to buy some stocks. But there's diamonds in the rough here. Look at U.S. Steel X. You know, this was a good, like that That just made sense. At the PE, it makes sense. Now there's multiple buyers. I think somebody's going to buy that. So there is still opportunities here. I think we just need to like not go full bear. But again, I'm sitting with half cash. So play it conservatively right now. If you're playing it from the long side and also and, and another thing too because of the way our uh show is set up and you know not knowing like who our audience is you know we don't know who we're, we're talking to different people okay and you know my age where i'm at dennis's age where he is at mitch i mean there's different type of investors different kind of time horizons you know if you have us if you're in your listening to the show i don't know how many people we have in their early 20s or early 30s or whatever you know, I would be, I'm giving the same advice that I gave people that asked me about the markets investing, you know, 10, 12 years ago at Benzinga. You know, it's like, I have always found it's hard to beat the market. I always found it's hard to beat the S&P. I've always found that, you know, whatever growth stocks or whatever these sexy stocks are, you know, I, sometimes I find them, sometimes I don't get out of them. But it had, you got to look at your investing time horizon. And if you're a, if you're a youngster out there, and we're not talking about going in and old at these levels or not, but you got to look at like your time horizon. And you know, uh, unfortunately, my time horizon is a little bit shorter than your guys, a lot of your guys' time horizon. So we take different stances. Dennis is much more an aggressive timing them yeah the yep a little bit you know younger so you just you know you gotta you know take everything i know we're really fired up on the show today and, good, and going at it but yeah. you know it's like you know i'd be tired you know telling my kids you know well yeah just a little put a little bit away each month you know each month yeah it's gonna hurt you know for three four five six months in a row but you just have to look at your time horizon but we got retail earnings this week and is there a better person to big bring on then discuss retail earnings this is the best person on wall street ryan craver of commerce canal okay ryan i promise i won't yell at you okay thank you thank you and i'm early 40s by the way early 40s so my <laughs> Time horizon. So Dennis, Mitch, Joel. Was... <laughs> there we rank them all. Ryan's in okay. the middle between me and Mitch. <laughs> okay, Ryan. Um, you know, we do, before we go to the retail sector and things, you know, I know you follow the, the market on a macro basis, right? Because you have to with, uh, with the consumer. I mean, you know, we've had a nice run up in the market. We're pulling back. I mean, you know, just, you know, no big predictions on the Fed or anything. Where are you at on this market? Uh, I, I'm a little surprised uh, with what I'm seeing on the side of retail. So Census Bureau came out. I thought we were going to see a tough month last month, whether it's the prime month or, or something else. It was a lot, a lot better than anticipated. The only thing that was really down was furniture stores and gasoline. But we all knew that that was, was there because it's post-pandemic and we've seen what's happened with gasoline. Um, I think it's a little heated 
in the retail sector. I think we're starting to see some of these earnings come in and realize that a lot of this has been priced in. So I'm kind of a believer of, you know, pull back, don't go too hard. Let it sit in your 5% high yield savings and, and your money market funds. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's just talk uh, reaction, you know, to, to let's say the Walmart report. I mean, you know, analyst upgrading it, going into the report, uh, you get the ridiculous pop in, uh, in the pre-market. And I was talking to Dennis about it. I mean, it's just such a thick stock. Trade so much volume to let that thing get over 164. I don't think that would ever happen in a regular session. You saw what happened in the regular session. Just just talk about Walmart and uh, their earnings report and the street's reaction. Yeah, I, I think it was interesting to see Target happen the day before and then Walmart happen and see how the two of them traded pre-market, during the market, post-market. Um, it was quite chaotic. Walmart's numbers were solid across the board. They're heavy into groceries, so they definitely saw tailwinds from the grocery sector. Um, I, th I think there's nothing to be alarmed about about their uh, overall earnings, well in line on their inventory, well in line internationally. Um, so they look like they are firing. And forward-looking guidance was, was decent. Stock-wise, they've been trading at a premium. I mean, do you do you think five years ago when we started having these discussions that we would talk about Walmart being ahead in digital, Walmart trading no. at a 25 forward multiple potentially? Uh, no. So <laughs> I think a lot of it was baked in. I think they're the classic growth play. You then, you then push that up against Target. Target's trading nearly in single digits forward looking. So um, their inventories yeah. were slightly wow. better. Um, so I think that that's why there was a little bit of a relief rally, but they're the classic value play. So are you going to, are you going to take the side of digital Walmart who's in the advertising business.com business and grocery business? Or are you going to take the, uh, the target play that has definitely had a lot more trouble? What about Ollie? Um, Ryan, uh, that's one that I've been watching that's just been sticking around going sideways here on the daily. Wait, do you have any insight on Ollie's bargain outlet? Yeah. So I think if you look at the bargain business, the dollar store business, yeah. the uh, off price business, so TJ Maxx yesterday, solid numbers. Ross this morning, Ross. solid numbers. Burlington is next week. They should be solid numbers. Ollie. It's decent numbers, five below. Anything within that value uh, for the, the consumer, it's doing well. It's showing it. Um, so I, I'm a big believer if you're going to put the money right now where we are with retail, I probably would lean more towards value as opposed to growth because we, we see that the growth was built in for a lot of these growth players. Ryan, is that due, do you think, because of inflation finally catching up to the consumer or just more long just because it, it's just like a, a, a new play there? Um, do you think the consumer is finally starting to show signs of weakening? I, I think that the consumer is showing signs of impact of inflation, but it's more a trade of where they're spending their money. So um, said another way. I think that we still have room to run on credit card debt. Yes, the headline was as we hit, you know, the highest credit card debt number ever, but yes, we've also grown the economy, so that's there's no craziness there. As a percentage of overall spending, credit is still generally low. Um, so I think that there's still money to be spent. It's just where are they spending it? They were previously spending it on cruises and services and airlines. And we hear from Delta and United that everything's strong. So I hope that some of that spend is making its way over to retail. But as of right now, it seems like it's, it's not entirely going there. It's more so going into restaurants. And then if it is going into retail, it's going into non-store retailers. So e-commerce. And that brings us to our favorite name we love talking about amazon so I, I i don't think the wallet share is making its way to traditional brick and mortar retail okay let's, right. 
let's move Go on ahead. here and uh, let's look forward. We still have some uh, uh, major retailers to report. Um, I know you've never been a fan of Macy's. I know you've never been a fan of Kohl's. Uh, you think they're going to go more that the target way or, well, I mean, they both beat, but uh, let's look forward to some of these other retail earnings. Yeah. So Macy's the largest uh, store in the world is across the street from where I'm calling in from. There's just, again, there's no catalyst unless there is an activist uh, that takes it seriously, unless they truly take their um, real estate and, monetize it in some way shape or form there's there's just nothing to get excited about it's the same story for for Kohl's um if you look at the census you look at the census sales info everything related to department stores has been negative for now decades I I feel Um, like Ryan this is a gift this Kohl's rally is a gift to those who have been long the stock and I sold my Kohl's started early in this rally selling it I wish I would have held on longer here but I'm all out of it. I feel like there's a longer term problem here for Kohl's and Nordstrom and Macy's. And we've had a re- really a ridiculous rally from 18 to 29 in Kohl's. And I think if you're buying Kohl's now, I think you're doing it backwards. So I'm kind of with you here. Um, is there any department stores that you do like? Uh, not right now. I mean, I'd throw, Dillard's, <laughs> right now, that's, right. I'd, I'd throw Dillard's into that same bucket. What um, is Dillard's you... story? Let's stop there for a second. <laughs> Why is DDS? That, I, I see Dillard's when I go Talk into these us. stores. It feels like Nordstrom. Why is it so much better? What are they doing right that Nordstrom's did wrong? Because this DDS has been the outperformer. Like It's done so well that I have other traders saying to me, they must be cooking the books to be able to do this well. And I'm not saying that, but that's how well they've done. It's almost unbelievable. So... What is Dillard's doing so right that everybody else is doing so wrong? I think they nailed two things. The first thing is they're great operators. The stores are generally run very effectively. Um, And they are, secondly, they don't fall in love with big trends. So they're very good at the basics. You go into a JW Nordstrom's, or you go into any one of the flagships with Nordstrom's, they go big, bold, and crazy. Uh, And Dillard's is just steady as she goes operator. They continue to perform. They, a majority of their business is in the the middle part of the country. um, And they, they just operate well. I think Nordstrom takes a little bit too much in terms of, um, what they do risk profile wise in the pro- in the product that they sell. Secondly, they've had for years a premium that they were trading on based upon their off price, the Nordstrom rack that started to die. Uh, so Dillard's doesn't have that same type of baggage. Hmm. Ryan, I want to come. Ahead, I want to come in here and uh, ask about something a little different, right? We're talking a lot about clothing. What about some uh, footwear and accessories? What about Nike? That's just been hanging out there. I'm wondering if we're going to see continued struggles maybe out of China uh, with their demand. Could we see some continued drop in Nike. Yeah, I think you're totally right. It trades strictly based upon two things. The first thing is China. The second thing is what they're doing with their wholesale channels with companies like Foot Locker and others. I think last quarter what we saw was they realized, you know what, we don't have enough growth ourselves, so we do have to open up those wholesale channels again. Um, I think where it's been basing for the last several months, it's probably a decent play, uh, as long as you set some tight stops, probably around the 102-ish range. I, I would take it as a bet. I'm not currently in it. Um, and I still think it's a much better play than your other traditional footwear companies like Adidas, who's getting this slight lift due to the Yeezy resale and stuff like that. But they're the they're the player if you're going to play in it. I would I would take a bet here. What about uh, what about restaurant stocks here? I mean, I know that's part of retail. I don't know how if that's as many of your customers. Uh, not, but uh, they, I mean, you still look at something like uh, restaurant brands international, that's not too far off. It's uh, uh, recent highs in the move. I mean, maybe people aren't spending as much money at Kohl's or Macy's because maybe going out a little bit more often. What's your take on that? 
You're right. You're right. And the census bureau numbers tell us that, right? So we see that people are still loving their, their restaurants. I think that, and I can tell you the number, I don't have it off the top of my head, but we were up 11, nearly 12% month over month in the month of July for restaurants. I think that's one place where inflation has definitely come through price increases and people are fine with it. I mean, now we're starting to see this narrative from the New York Times and Washington Post about how we're going to start to see credit card fees being charged as convenience fees for restaurants. I think they would only do that if they believe they can get away with it. And it seems that people are fine with increased prices and convenience fees. I say, I say restaurants are a good place to play right now. Okay, just uh, going up, and I know I'm bringing in other things, but people spending their money on Ubers. Uber had a good report, right? And that, that was sold off hard. It looks like it's based on a little bit after report. We know Lyft has been an absolute disaster here, but, uh, you know, just talk about the, you know, the difference with these two stocks and more specifically uh, with the Uber. They had, they had the good report. Right, the sold the good report. You're getting some uh, some consolidation here at the 44, 43, 44 dollar area. I mean, it's you know are they spending more money on their Uber going to a restaurant. Uh, talk about uh, talk about these two stocks. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly bullish on Uber. I think, oh. and personally, I actually hold it as well. So I I think if you look at the fight between Uber and Lyft, Uber clearly is the winner in terms of delivery. No one else has delivery like like Uber. Um, Uber Eats is is the driver of, of all that uh, that growth that we're seeing. I think they're lighting up advertising in a big, big way. And I think that that is going to just flow directly to the bottom line. Big believer in Dara. I think what he is pulling off um, will be, you know, a full decade run that will leave Uber as the longstanding monopoly within delivery and or car related services. Um, you take a look at Lyft, the only real catalyst they have right now that the CEO has right now is they're following on the advertising, but they're going to offload all the bike, you know, the city bikes and uh, everything that they have related to bikes slash scooters. Um, but I, I think Dara's won and I think they'll continue to win. So I'm, I'm definitely long Uber, um, whether it's moving people, moving food or moving product. All right. So over the years you've been on the show, you've given us some real diamonds in the rough. And uh, one of those was stamps.com, right? It was one of the ugliest looking charts I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, you talked about from your work and what you do and you were bullish on it. Do you have anything just looks absolutely horrible that you're nibbling at in, in this environment? There's, there's two and um, might be a little bit more controversial and a little bit more risky just given the, uh, the China narrative. Um, but Alibaba continues Ooh. to be one that I just – I continue to buy into it as we go down. It's still a Goliath, not only in the U.S. market but obviously in the Chinese market. Um, I – I, I can't see how this one doesn't eventually start to get some more love. And then secondly, if you open any app store, you will notice an app named Timu. Timu is the next version of Wish, which failed. Yes, uh -huh. I hear that. They're aggressively spending, but they're owned by Pinduoduo, PDD. Uh -huh. um, and they are going after the market hard. Um I'll tell you one thing, Ryan. I ordered from Wish before. It took me over a month to receive product. I've ordered from Timu, and it was pretty quick. I've ordered some stuff already, and so uh, I'll just say it's a lot faster than Wish. Yeah, right. and they they say they're going to be opening up the marketplace so that sellers like my clients can sell on the platform. If they pull that off, they will not be Wish. They will be the next version of Alibaba. They will competitively compete with Amazon. Granted, that's five, six, seven years away. But if they pull that off, um, and they're they're definitely the best Chinese app we've seen yet trying to get our retail market, um, they could be huge. One more for you, a fun one that you've yeah. made fun of me on. 
Peloton, and I know I don't know if, I don't know if you've been on it. I'm still stuck oh, with the stock. Six I bucks. I don't know if you've been on it lately. I from the fact that I own the stock from higher price, I don't go on. I can't remember. Plus, it's summertime, so I'm swimming, uh, and I'm not going to be inside on a bike. Uh, any hope for Peloton f- false buyouts? I mean, it's hanging here at seven. Is it worth anything? No. I, I, I find it interesting that your use of Peloton went down as soon as we connected user IDs and you saw my scores. Um, oh, 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 oh. How do you do uh, that? I, Let them know. I'm, Let them know, I'm, Ryan. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually in the same boat. Uh, I mean, we even have the, uh, the treadmill here in the office. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. If that's not a rigging endorsement, Ryan Craver, he's the CEO of Commerce Kamal. Next time you're on, we're going to have to talk about more of your company because you're really on the insides of of the retail sector. That's why we love getting your take. Ryan Craver will be dialing you up again for next retail season. Thanks a lot. Great interview. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. All right, let's get back to the market. When did Peloton go to six bucks? I just looked though. Crazy. Let's not put I just looked at the, the market cap. On Don't put Benzinga salt on Pro. the wounds, Dennis. Do you okay. know what the crazy thing is? I'm like, it's six dollars. It seems so cheap, and then you go into the Benzinga Pro and you look at the market cap. It's still worth two point four billion. I saw Who's you looking at that. Two point four billion for Peloton. Ugh. I wouldn't pay two point four million for it. Oh yeah, you would. Maybe they needed to Maybe. come out I with something I think for, the I don't think, for the parts. For the parts. Okay, I'm going to – no. They got too much debt, too. Look at the debt here. Look at the debt. Go to the pro detail. I don't know if you can show us much what I'm reading off of, but they got $1.6 in debt, too. They they don't make money. This is just like – there's a lot of stocks. And, again, we've seen, you know, stocks, they bounce back. You know, they come back. Nothing goes straight to zero. But I think the end result for Peloton is bankruptcy. This is my opinion. I don't know when that happens. But I don't think the end result is buyout. I think the end result is bankruptcy. So a binary bet, and I will make a steak dinner bet with you here, Joel, that Peloton goes bankrupt before it gets bought out. This is just a forever bet because one has to happen. It either gets bought out or it goes bankrupt. I say bankrupt before buyout. We gotta, we gotta up the stakes a little bit, man. Why not put a Peloton on? I'm just looking for a fancy stake. Fine, 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 fine. Are you doing it? Yeah, that means you'll have to get out of your house for two times in the last four years. (laughs) Oh, there you go, Joe. It has to be, it has to be in Michigan. Buyout. Yeah, it has to. If it happens, you have to come to Michigan. Let's have a vote here. In the states, baby. Or buyout, and I think, I I think I'm gonna be right here. I don't I'm on, know when it's I'm gonna happen. Years from now, are you? What are you, Mitch? Are you bankrupt or buyout? I'm buyout. buyout You're buyout man. too. I'm buyout. Look at these guys. They're all buyout. Look, so many, so many bulls. You guys all bullish here. You got your bullish. Okay, you go uh, to your bear cave, man. One point six billion of debt. Nobody's buying that debt. Sorry, Joe. All right, guys. Um, let's start our wrap ups here. It's eight fifty four. We're getting close. Oh, here's towards the, the wait, end wait, of the show. Saying, here. What if it gets bought out during the bankruptcy? No, I'd say like. Bankrupt, like, <laughs> uh, so you got to watch the footnotes here. So, no, oh, I, I don't uh-oh. know. Like, so if it gets bought out during the bankruptcy, I still win because I'm saying bankrupt before buyout, just to clarify. Because Joel will right, be let's... like, oh no, but it still got bought out <laughs> in the bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, go a, ahead and a, uh, a, match it, here, a, a match just get red here. Uh, oh gosh! A, yep, yep. Amad just got game on that report. Games, but, that was uh, a blowout. That yeah. report was really good. This is just an awful market here right now. I'm telling you, man, we got to have some type of you know relief pop or something here. Stocks well, don't go straight down. Well, go with your quote, Dennis. I say it all the time. The market likes to hurt where it can hurt the most. Yeah, you're right. The most People is starting to get leaning. Punishing dip buyers, including me, on the last two stocks I bought. Did I ever we'll tell you happens. about the Friday Friday oh. theory that the, you know the market always you know ends or makes a higher low for the week on Friday? Mm. I keep I keep telling myself you know, that. Options and, expiration. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, more so on options expiration. Uh, the other thing, just let's do. Uh, did we do the Estee Slaughter report? Because um, um, we kind of touched over it. But yeah, I just kind of want to do that because we're okay, looking at it. the consumer. 
All right, Q4 adjusted EPS, seven cents beats the loss of three cent estimate. Sales of 3.61 billion beat the 3.47 billion estimate. And full year APS outlook, 343 to 370 on the high end versus a 336 estimate. It's everything's good. (laughs) Expected full year 24 revenue growth of five to seven percent. So growth there, everything pointing well in the report, even beating and going into the positive versus a loss estimate still doesn't save them. Still expecting revenue decline in 2024, though. So analyst estimates are just in the gutter and they're getting over this really low bar. But let's just take it at face value. If they're making three bucks. Trains trading at $150 a share. You don't have to do quick math, but 150 divided by three is 50. That means, so let's say they do four bucks. It's trading 40 times earnings right now, and it's in the gutter. Now, again, maybe we're at the bottom of the cycle. You know, EL used to make more money, and maybe they can get back to making the kind of money that they did. But this just shows you when a company starts to like lose its luster how quickly those value traps form. Like what did EL, can we go to the go to the pro, Mitch? What did they used to make like three, four years ago? They made a lot more money than this. I know that. Well, before the pandemic, right? And then what you were had- What they making uh, before? Yeah, back, back, to, uh, back to work, you know, back to the office, you had people buying- How do you do that in like, pro? Like find the, you find it all the time. How do you find like the history of earnings? Can, can you tell us how um, to do just that? Just go to earnings calendar and put in EL. Um, I so can go to the calendar. Yeah, so you can go to your calendar. You're gonna hit and then the type earnings. Yeah, and then yeah. I show like it. Like, uh, I mean, you can just go straight to the earnings calendar, and you can find it there. I, I, I you want me here? I can move it over. Hold on a second. I just try. Joe like, wants to show it. us. There you adjust the date too, though. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah there I'm you go. Here you go. I got it. Twenty-three. Um, revenues three point four seven. Ah, uh, Dennis, they've. Uh, no, they've had, they grew revenues. They got up to four point six two. They got up to five point five four. Oh boy! And now they're at three point six. Can you blow so it up they, a little bit? Uh, that's my whole it. screen. No, I just zoom in. There's a zoom in tool. Um, is there a zoom in? Control and the little. I'm blind and I'm like leaning into my computer right now to try to read this, and I'm like, I can't read that. I'm so blind. Well, Dennis, I'll, I'll just I'll tell you it's um Mitch maybe uh in uh, Q this would be Q two of twenty two they made five point five four billion okay yeah and this quarter they made three three point six yeah so those earnings are that's, dropping that's huge yeah big and, drops and, in earnings yeah and and it's interesting that you Value know 20, drop. yeah okay. All right, that's enough of that. Okay, uh, Dennis, uh, yeah, final thoughts for the day here. The old pre-market low. Options expiration. Um, the way okay. I trade this is I provide liquidity in the open, meaning I'm like out there, stocks open too high, I'll be short them. If stocks open too low, I'll be buying them. Um, typically, you know, away from, you know, where the fair value is. So not just saying I'm randomly just buying anything, but, you know, stocks, S&Ps are here and stocks want to open down here. I'll buy this and sell the S&Ps. It's the arbitrage. These are good days for stuff like that, typically. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's nothing burgers, but sometimes they can be pretty good days. Right now, I'm looking at imbalances and they will flip all over the place. The banks are actually looking like they have some buy imbalances here this morning, which will be going counter the market. Some of the defensive names, actually, there's a few buy imbalances out there, but that can flip all around here. So that's why I just like, I'll put some shorts out there. I'll put some buys out here. And maybe I get some stuff. Um, that's from trading perspective. Long-term perspective. I mean, you're coming into some major support levels. We talked about DKNG at 25. I was like, Mitch, we talked about yesterday. We may, we may get that. I don't know if I want it. Square, I talked about 55. I mean, sold my square. I can get it back here for way less than I bought it originally. Oh, and, I, and it was like a huge move. 55 yeah. is huge on this. Do we get I a think shot? One thing- it's there right now. It's there right now at 55. I mean, but this hasn't been working. Buy the dip has not been working. So I don't know. Do you take a shot? You, you can take a shot. The 55 is huge, but you got to get out if it breaches it. So I would say even going back, you know, like, and then sometimes they breach it by, like, you know, you can't just go, like, oh, it's trade 54.90. I get out. You got to give it a little bit of room. But, you know, it's trade straight out like 53, then you're probably like, it's over. So you can take shots here, but support has not been working lately. <laughs> I'm going to take a note from, uh, or, you know, just something that yesterday and, you know, we opened up right near that pre market high and we failed. 
and we know what happened. So uh, because of this, the current pre-market low is near a very good level for me. Um, even if we, it's taken out, I'm still going to give it, you know, a little room and breathe. Get don't want to sell in the hole. Uh, but I think the Bears have just had it pretty easy the last two Ooh. days. Too yeah, easy. and if if you know if that first fifteen minutes, if uh, you know they're still holding that pre-market low, I don't think we have any economic data or anything to juice the market. Um, I just wouldn't, I, you know, I just I wouldn't be, I, I just can't sell it down here, hoping for like the old pop that we get, get of uh, that pre-market low hold. So that's real it, close to a low you had in June. One more question, just and then we were going to wrap up a PayPal here. Somebody's asking why PayPal over Square. I'd say I'd take the shot on Square, maybe because PayPal just cut through. And, and this is probably a reason maybe not to take the shot on Square. PayPal is making a new low. It's taking out its October lows. It's taking out its recent low. This is making a new like seven-year low right now. It's making a new seven-year low PayPal. What a disaster this has been. You know, just quiet, not so quiet maybe, but quiet lately disaster. I mean, it looked like it was maybe people were talking about the turnaround story back a month ago. It went from 55 or 58 to 75. That is all gone in a heartbeat. It is now making new lows on the move. New six-year low here for PayPal. PE looks cheap, but is it a value trap? That's the question. I think also what's affecting PayPal, of course, is uh, Elliott Investment Management dissolved its stake in its companies, and that was released on the 13 Fs that definitely didn't help it. I did not there say that, that right there, that headline yeah. was on Pro, and not I think good. that that's an, a very important headline that most are not talking about in PayPal. Good so when a, a company like Elliott that had been doing pretty well, you know, kicks you to the curb, it might be saying something. I think if you're right, trying these go. stocks to support, I think you got to make sure that they don't breach it. They breach it, you got you to gotta tap out because it's really tough on the bulls right now. All right, we'll wrap it up. Like always, keep your eyes out there, team. I do feel like, like always, right? I mean, the market's not going to go in one way. So just be careful out there playing it each way. Um, we've been seeing shorts have been, you know, kind of a, a nice bounce back like NVIDIA earlier in the week, but then comes back down. Just be careful out there, traders. Chasing both sides of the trade right now has been a kind of recipe for disaster. We'll see what happens if we can finally start bouncing back in the market today. I know I'll be watching it on live trading. Joel, any uh, closing print today? Uh, yeah, closing print. I'm going to be uh, be back on uh, with Josh. He's uh, He's been uh, doing pretty well at navigating these uh, crazy markets. So Tim Quas on Monday, he'll be back. Everyone have a, have a good day and have a good weekend. All right, we'll now bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Hit the like if you guys enjoyed pre-market prep.